I'm just a little songbird. Try to fly my way homeward with the melody, and I make the beat. Don't know where it'll take me, take me. 'Cause when I'm in the dark of night, I sing my way back to the light. Come along with me, and your heart will see that a song changes everything. And the music is moving me forward on to brighter things, on to big. Dreams, let the harmony carry me, carry me. Even if the sky's falling down, I know the sound will lead me out. Come along with me, and I know you'll see that a song changes everything. Extra acoustics, or I do <laughs> because today I'm not at home with the pink curtain behind me. I am out and about in the city. I am at San Antonio Ballet, but we got to back up and talk about who we are first. We haven't introduced ourselves. I'm sorry, I just jumped the gun. Boom. <laughs> you go. You introduce yourself first. I'm Andrea Vocab Sanderson, and my illustrious co-host is <laughs> Catherine Partisini. Wow. Zach is, Zach is right about your introductions. You could do that for a whole living, you know, as one of your extra, extra jobs. Oh my gosh. If I were to truly properly introduce you, I would say she is a visual artist, mother, wife, has great shoulders and <laughs> an endearing heart that all people love. America's sweetheart, ladies and gentlemen, Catherine Partisini. Oh my gosh. Wow. How do I even, wow, I don't know how to follow that. Just smile and say, what's up, y'all? Or whatever you say, you wouldn't say that. You would not say that at all, but you know, in your own way, just say hello to the people. Hello to the people and welcome to Arts for the Health of It. Yeah. I'm so glad you're on location today. Um, this is gonna be a really fun episode. Um, before we get started, what are we looking at? Um, we want to remind you that we still have Make a thousand, give a thousand going on. Uh, we're getting lots of mail in our PO box so much so that um, our board member, Stephanie, who picks up our mail, has to go to the counter to <laughs> retrieve the packages. That's um, a problem to have. Yes. Uh, it's amazing to see all these entries coming in. Um, you can participate from anywhere. All the information's on our website, heartsneedart.org. There's a, a bar right at the top where you can click and get all the information on how to participate. Ooh, and there's the URL. Richard just threw it up hearts there for us. org slash one zero 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 hearts, plural. Yes. And that is you are at home making hearts. And for every heart you send in, money is donated to us so that we can keep all of our programming going. Yes. And then your heart gets delivered to a patient or medical staff. Um, so it's a really cool way to Exercise your creativity, no matter how you do that, drawing, painting, sewing, quilting, um, and share it with other people that are in the hospital. Absolutely. How has your week been going? It's been uh, good. Um, I, I have been busy, busy, busy. It's been crazy how busy I've been and uh, it can't stop, won't stop. Well, it's all, I think the good kind of busy because you're, yeah. you're living in your purpose, you're sharing right. art with so many people. 
last night I was at the Tobin Center for Performing Arts uh, doing some stuff with the Ghost Light Society. It was women telling their stories, women who tell their stories, and we were celebrating um, just affluential women in, in San Antonio area. So uh, we had um, just women from different fields of media and art and ballet, which is kind of cool because it segues into what we're going to do today. But it was it was a great warm up to the, what we're doing today. And I, I'm super excited to get into that. But I had a question for you, Catherine. Yes, ma'am. You know, because I have still never met you in person. I only <laughs> talked to you through this podcast and through Slack and through text and through email. 11 ways to talk yes. to none of them in person. And I was thinking because this morning I stopped to get some <clears throat> food from a restaurant that is very Texas centric. I will not say their name because they're not paying us to give them advertisement. That's know? right. <laughs> but as I was picking up this food, I was thinking to myself, I bet Catherine Partisini misses this establishment or some establishments in Texas. And it got to thinking, I wonder what all she does miss about living in Texas. So I wanted to ask you today, Catherine, what do you miss about Texas? Give me a short list of like five to 10 things of okay. from you know living here. Short list. It's going to start with food because the food in Texas is amazing. So breakfast tacos are number one on my list. No. Um, Torchies, Torchies in particular, it's probably my favorite taco place. Those are the bougie tacos. Those are the Austin nuts. They so are. Spot <laughs> and it's moving into San Antonio. Like now, we got like five or four locations here in San Antonio at least. And uh, when I was driving back from Austin the other day, I saw a standalone Torchies that wasn't connected to anything, and I was like, oh, oh, no way, oh. Wow. Now, they might as well be now they now tortures you owe us money because we're talking about you on there yeah we're, sorry i shouldn't have, shouldn't have disclosed that name um <laughs> i don't have to because it's your short list you know what i'm saying the, I'll, I'll give you one more because we're almost out of time um i miss there's this there's this warm breeze in san antonio that to me is just to die for and it's in the evenings and it's just it's warm and comforting and it like and when it's real real hot out in the summer especially it just like takes the edge off and it's just so beautiful to me i miss that a lot yeah yeah because i've been other cities in texas and if the culture you get to the 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 coast the gulf coast the more humid it gets but san antonio we're far enough removed away from the gulf that we get some some nice little i mean the gulf can get some breeze but it's a little bit more oppressive so i feel like we get some of the breeze and it's like mm, okay yeah it's less like an armpit yes <laughs> spitting as they blow on you spitting like a raspberry that's what it right. feels like when the breeze blows when you're closer to the coast this is true this is true <laughs> well on that note we should bring on our guest today would you like to introduce Absolutely. So this woman has her own ballet studio here in San Antonio called San Antonio Ballet. She has been dancing almost her entire life and I absolutely adore her. Every time I get up and go places, there she is or there her students are and they are putting on the Ritz for us all. And you are going to see her in just a moment. She's gonna walk this way or she, maybe she'll plie or prance this way on point herself all the way over here, it doesn't matter. Please welcome to the stage. Danielle Campbell. And now I'm moving over. We're not even going to have any transition. We're just going to put her in the frame. We're just going to do it. This is real life. 
close in each other's face and I should have put some gum in my mouth because I got <laughs> mm. Share your breakfast. Hello, Danielle. It's so good to see you. Oh, it's so good to see you too, Catherine. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, so we know you're in San Antonio and we're in a ballet studio, but can you tell us about kind of how you got here? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the short version. <laughs> like right beside me, instead of looking into a camera and like, look at you. No, I, <laughs> I love it. No, it's so fun. Um, yeah, I started dancing like every other little girl wanted to. And, um, you know, I trained at the Kansas City Ballet. I went to a boarding school for high school outside of uh, Boston and Massachusetts. And then when I graduated, I started dancing for different ballet companies. And my uh, last contract with the ballet company was here in San Antonio. So that's how I moved here. That was uh, 15 and a half years ago. And I decided to stay uh, when I met my husband and was having babies and- um, Pushing out boys. <laughs> boys, <laughs> wonderful boys. <laughs> they are amazing. And yes, I make them dance and they love it. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think I've, once my uh, contract had, had ended, um, I got an opportunity to open up my own school. Uh, There's an amazing woman, Sandra Bravo, who had the Bravo Ballet School here in San Antonio. Um, it was in a building, a historic building that had been a dance studio since like the 50s. And she reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I closed my studio, but I know that you're, you're here. You should consider opening up your own school. And so I thought, this might be interesting. Let me um, talk about it with my husband and, and see how it goes. And it started off as, you know, just a, a, a test to see, you know, what, um, you know, what the need and the desire was. And it just kind of from there kept growing and growing and growing. So here I am, we've expanded. We've been in Castle Hills uh, six and a half years. Um, and I, I felt there was a, a need to provide access to high quality uh, classical ballet training um, and make it uh, you know, accessible for, for everyone. So here I am, that's my story in a nutshell. It's a super condensed nutshell. Yes. <laughs> you wanna go first or you want me to go first with questions? You can go first, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so my thought was I was thinking about where we're located, which is pretty good centrally. Uh, and I was wondering, do you see girls from all over the city and do you have any male students and how, how does that look for you like as far as your because I'm like thinking I'm like how are you like bursting at the seams with, with people coming through is it people you know I'll stop yeah I'll let you know no so yes to all of those things um we um we do teach here but something that I'm very passionate about is community outreach. And so we have satellite campuses. Uh, we teach weekly dance classes in SAISD and on the east side. Um, and so those partnerships are very important to me. Um, also in South San ISD, uh, we have a presence there. Um, and yes, we do have boy male students, um, and uh, we even have a boys ballet class on Fridays, and they, nice. they rock it out. Uh, What's the age range? I'm just curious. Yeah, so um, right now, we our youngest 
male student um, at our school, I think, is four. And then our oldest male student is 13. So, wow. nice. yeah, a pretty baby good, yeah, a pretty good range, um, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we hope to be able to expand, um, you know, and to keep growing. Um, and especially in uh, other communities uh, so that the, the, the children who really want um, more from their dance training can, can have that. Um, I love that we are so central though because it makes it easier for, I think, people from different areas to come to us. And we definitely do have students coming from as far as Canyon Lake or as oh, wow. or Floresville. Um, so those places are like an hour from here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 45 minutes. I was going to say like, so you make dance accessible, but not easy. Right. Well, I, I hope that um, one of the things that I love about ballet is the discipline um, and the etiquette behind it. Um, and so I, you know, hope that when I teach, I present it in a way that, you know, the, the my students are able to, to grasp it quickly, but then also learn that through the process, um, it should take time and there should be thought behind it. And I think there are more than just the steps, there are life lessons because in life we work at something a little bit at a time to make it better, like over time. So maybe not easy in a sense, but it's still a process that they enjoy because they're learning about themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, muscle memory. I, I didn't, I think it was only a few years ago that I started to really understand the concept of muscle memory and how you can train any part of your, even your, from your mind to parts of your body to do something if you're repetitive with it, if you're consistent with it. And I don't know. I guess if you're starting in ballet, what's the one of the first things that they try to teach you, like drill into you? Yeah. So repetition, like you said, is the mother of all skills. So um, definitely uh, we talk about placement um, and how to walk and and stand and sit very tall, like, and we say very important people. Um, and that is something that you learn day one, even when they're teeny tiny, three years old, we stand them outside of the classroom, we get them all lined up, we greet them, good morning dancers, good afternoon, how are you doing? Let's stand tall and walk tall into the room and get ready for our ballet class. Um, and the same holds true for even like the jazz and the hip hop classes because you have to go through those different positions, but it starts with the placement first. Yeah, and, and this is also, I think, uh, something that can translate into uh, what they do in their future selves when they go to audition or have an interview. Um, I think people will respond to you a little bit better if, uh, you know, you're, you're sitting tall and you look, you know, like you're, you have that maybe poise um, coming in rather than, we call this like the, I'm at the mall type of, <laughs> I'm at the mall. <laughs> that means I'm going to respond to you in that way, right? And so, and then, and then from there, then we start to really get into the steps. Plie, it means to bend. So even though um, we're bending our, our legs, we're still staying tall while we're doing this. And we build the muscle from the ground up. And then we start with tendus, moving our feet. And then our legs get a little bit higher. And then we start to turn. And then we start to bend. Yeah. And then they're arabesque. And then they're just, Yeah, just like that. All in um, it. Look at you. Yes. I know a couple things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's so it's such a it's something I hadn't considered though in learning dance is just that that very first that seemingly basic step of how you your posture and how you carry yourself and I feel like that translates into all parts of your life. Yeah, that it, so like teaching teaching kids to just be aware of how they're how they're standing. I mean that there's so much energy behind that. That's really yes, amazing. And their body language, right? Right. Posture so equals attitude. Very important. Yes. Um, your posture will affect your attitude so much and it'll affect the way that people respond to you right. so much. And everybody loves the fact that ballet just seems so formal and graceful and it's like how can I attain what these these women these men these people have have put their body through this process and their mind and you know it's so much discipline and stuff like that so how old were you when you started I was four years old four she says she was four mm -hmm. I was four years old and I uh, started uh, my first teacher she's still alive and she's still teaching she's in her 90s um, God bless. Her name is, uh, June Neal and she's very fit and uh, just someone I still look up to honestly um, I started in Kansas City Kansas and um, at uh, uh, Neal Dance Studio, whoop, whoop. And I did ballet, uh, tap, jazz, acrobatics, baton. I did it, you know, all Everything, of it. And I love that she was able to introduce all of us to so many different dance disciplines. Um, and, and, and she was really instrumental in, in uh, you know, communicating with my mom. Hey, I think Danielle, uh, would really do well concentrating in, in ballet. And mm -hmm. so then from there, I went to my first professional ballet school, but I would still always take some of my classes with her throughout the whole time. And even when she closed her studio um, or retired um, uh, five years ago, I went back and, and danced for her because um, that was just really important. And I think it's very important to have an inspiring teacher like that for the very first time who uh, just really just will shower you with love and just give to you and just you know coach you and and really try to create a path for you to continue if that's what you want that's what real teachers do they recognize the potential and purpose in a student and they guide them right Push. <laughs> <laughs> off the cliff <laughs> <laughs> and, and it takes a lot of wisdom and it takes a lot of like foresight uh, for, for that to happen. So I think it's great. So and in, you know, creating this, this place for young adults, what are some of the things you do to try to guide them in the path when you see the, the like, the, it's like, oh, you, you right there, you are, you are right for this for this ballet and you should do it for the rest of your life. What are some of the things you do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think uh, I kind of pull from what June taught me and just expose, I try to expose my dancers to as much as I possibly can. We don't focus solely on competitions or solely on performances, um, but we do a little bit of you know, competing. Um, we, we do do two productions in a year, but we also focus very much on their training so that they have a solid foundation, um, not just in ballet. They are required to take ballet, contemporary, uh, tap, uh, so that they are well-rounded uh, dancers because, like, ultimately we want them to be uh, able to adapt to different styles so that if they do choose to dance and they work with different choreographers, they have that experience of working and moving in that way. Um, so I think that's basically, you know, my main sort of mission or goal. Um, I, I 
try to identify their strengths, their individual strengths. And then from there, we talk about a plan, like what is your ultimate goal? Is it to go to college and, and dance through college and maybe uh, become a choreographer? Or is it that you want to be a professional dancer? I've had students that have gone on to perform on cruise ships, some um, performing on Broadway, and then some who choose ballet. So I think just offering them high level training in each of those disciplines is uh, is my main goal so that they can find what what's really speaks to their heart. So speaking of hearts, we're going to go to my song called My Heart Knows that was produced by DJ Now Ilfudge. Check it out. The reason why I'm no longer the reason why I'm no longer sitting is because we're about to go into an exercise that Danielle's going to lead us in. Y'all know every episode we do a something on air that you can participate in. So, Catherine, if you want to say a couple words, I'm going to stop talking. I'm just going to move out the scene, and then we're, she's got. <laughs> I will. I'll sit over here, but like kind of like not on, you know, yeah. not on. <laughs> but I'm doing. It. So yeah, Danielle, tell us uh, what this exercise is and, and what you typically use it for. Sure. So first I'm going to take you through some isolation. So we're just going to warm up our head and our shoulders and get them ready to go. Um, you would typically find this in um, maybe a jazz or a modern class. Um, we also circle and roll our head uh, before we begin our ballet class. It's one of the first exercises that we do. And then we're gonna move into some arm or port de bras movements, um, is what it's called in French. Um, and I thought I'd pull from the ballet Swan Lake because it's lovely and timeless. Um, and so we'll be swans today. So just really quickly, we're gonna sit very tall. We're going to pull our belly button to our spine. We're going to lengthen our back. We're going to press our shoulders down and open up our chest like we have a million dollar diamond necklace on. Okay, and from here, we're going to take our right ear to our shoulder and move it to our center and then over to the left and to center. And then we're going to draw a circle with our nose and circle the head two times all the way around. While we circle the head, we wanna relax our neck and shoulders. Good, come back to center. We'll start all that to the left, left shoulder, left ear to the shoulder, going through center, still maintaining that posture. So your shoulders over your ribs, over your hips. And then we're gonna take two big circles 
moving the head all the way around, relax the neck and the shoulder, no tension anywhere. Very good, I think we're ready to go. Now again, making sure those shoulders are back, chest nice and open. We're gonna bring our arms in front of us like we're holding a beach ball. And then we'll bring them over our head, open to the side, and all the way down. You're holding a golden egg again. We go in front and all the way up and open and down two more times. Arms in front of you, arms fifano, arms Alice of Home, and arms on ba, and arms on avant. Last time, keep the shoulders down as you move the arms and down. Now we're ready for swan like arms. Let's bring the right arm up and then we're going to float the arm down. Make sure the elbow is going behind you. And left arm up. And let it flip down. Relax the elbow. Okay, good. One more time. Right arm. And down. And left. And down. Two more. Follow the hand with your head. And remember to sit tall. And left and down now two arms going up and use a little bit of resistance as you push down like you're sliding down a wall uh -huh. and again chin up and let the arms come down two more here and up belly button to the spine shoulders nice and down chest open and down very good <laughs> opening up the chest and upper body yeah. i have never done that before in any real way <laughs> <laughs> i was like i'm stretching my body and it does it makes you feel a little bit more graceful it makes you feel like you're focused on it but you're kind of letting go at the same time that's an interesting experience yeah. and yeah. this is not something that's super like hard to grasp but it just feels so brand new what i like is that um when i'm in a class and being instructed your mind can only be focused on the movement and what the teacher is really coaching you to do so you have nothing else to think of and then your body just starts to move and then as we build it's like oh my gosh i worked out my whole body my head my nose my shoulders my toes everything right um it's it's like it's like learning a different language in a way um and the mind, I guess, like the mindfulness of the movement, I, I don't know, I find that we only did it a very short time, but it's almost meditative uh, yes. because you're so focused on what you're doing in the present moment. Absolutely. Yeah. I was super conscious of my fingers and I was like, what am I doing with my fingers? My fingers don't look like what she's doing with her fingers. I need to fix my fingers. <laughs> like, I was like, but no, maybe it's okay that I'm not. I was like, she's not scrutinizing me because she's doing her thing. Yep. But maybe yeah. if, if I was her student, she'd be like, move your fingers. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, that is just like maybe one part of an exercise. I might repeat that like four or five different sets of it. And with music, I think that's what really moves. Um, so, I mean, putting on Tchaikovsky's score and doing that, you know, for three minutes straight, it's like, it's exhausting, but also it feels like very freeing. Yeah, I feel like my blood's flowing. Good. Yeah. Um, do you find that when you're teaching, um, like, is it easier for you to teach 
younger children because I don't know, whatever reasons, or is it easier to teach older kids that have maybe more body awareness? Because I feel like with little kids, they're just, they use their whole body for everything, but they're not necessarily aware of what they're doing, right? So. <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, physically it's easier to teach uh, maybe more mature dancers who have been you know, performing or taking classes a little bit longer. Um, but um, I think it's also very rewarding teaching the younger students uh, and like seeing how they, do their first, you know, pirouette, and you're like, oh my goodness, I, I taught them that, you yeah, know? Yeah, I helped them. Even though you have to do it with them maybe 50 times until they get it right, it's like, it's so rewarding to see them, you know, sort of uh, conquer or master, you know, a skill. So, you know, both, uh, there are benefits to teaching, you know, all of the ages. The littles are also so loving, they just want to hug you and kiss you and they, you know, uh, are more vocal in that way. Whereas the teenagers, they they know everything. Uh, and so, you know, you have that, that challenge um, as well. But um, yeah, I think, yeah, for sure to answer your question, yeah, there are definitely benefits to, to both age groups. To each, yeah. I was going to say, because young youngs or little ones are so, the focus is the hardest part. How do you instill focus yeah, in, in little ones? Yeah, I think that I enjoy setting up my classroom with lots of props and things that can keep them engaged, but I try not to overstimulate them. Um, and so, for instance, like if we're going to do maybe swan lake arms with you, I can just kind of talk you through it. But with the, the younger ones, they might get bored if I talk through it. So I might put a scarf in their hand mm. and they might, and I'll say gently bring the scarf up and bring it down and look mm. at your scarf. And we'll talk about, hey, let's lay our scarf out and let's fold it. And this is how I teach hand placement. So it's just being a little bit more creative with, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's fun too. And you know, you can kind of make it what you want it to be. I love that. Um, can you, I want to go back a little bit to the outreach programs that you initiated and kind of what came of that, because it's a really fascinating story, um, like what that led to with the American Ballet Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, while I was uh, still dancing, I um, started to teach and um, I would teach you know, at a, at a couple of different studios locally here in San Antonio, but also I uh, taught at the Boys and Girls Club and um, American Ballet Theater recognized um, uh, my work and offered me a scholarship three years in a row to receive my teaching. Oh, is that all for you? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Come again. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was a blessing um, to receive that uh, certification um, and to be recognized uh, for my work. And I simply was just doing something that I loved to do and felt was important to do. Um, and I, my father always says, you do the right thing for no other reason because it's the right thing to do. And so that was just one of those uh, moments or time uh, times that, you know, it um, it was recognized and, and a, a huge blessing uh, came out of it. But um, Misty Copeland is probably one of the most famous ballerinas right now. 
Um, and she is a principal dancer with American Ballet Theater, but she was discovered in a boys and girls club uh, through a program like that where they offered dance and um, her dance teacher uh, was like, hey, you're very talented. You need to go down this path. And now she's famous and super famous, uh, super famous lives in New York City. And um, and so, and that just goes to show you, you, you just never know. You never know who you're teaching. Um, I, I think it's, uh, a beautiful thing um, when I'm able to go to either uh, one of my campuses in SAISD or on, on the east side and, and really see a student who shows a lot of promise um, in dance. Uh, we have been able to uh, offer scholarships to some of these young children to the ballet school here um, at, our, at my home studio. And, um, you know, they're mixed in with kids from all different types of uh, backgrounds. And, um, you know, so you may have someone who is from the South Side who lives in an apartment to become friends with someone who lives Castle Hills, Alamo Heights in, you know, a mansion. And, and it doesn't matter because they love to dance. And, that, and that's, that's what the art should do. It should just recognize talent, um, regardless of your zip code um, or your, you know, your home life. And and here they're all the same. Well, thank you so much. That is really wonderful. We do have another segment with you, but before we do that very last segment with our good friend Danielle Campbell, because y'all probably like, who's this beautiful woman sitting here? And normally her name would be on the screen because she'd be in her own little rectangle, but she's not. <laughs> She's sitting in my rectangle. I'm Andrea Sanderson, and she's Danielle. Mm -hmm. Sharing rectangles. Yeah. Sexy, illustrious ballet dancer. So before we do her last, <laughs> so before we do her last segment, we're gonna go to "Go Easy" by Big and Trouble don't exist. How about we take the break from the breakdown? Big time to chop it for words lose that weight now. Before we took a break, you were just talking about how the arts can kind of equalize our experiences. Like it, it brings us together in a common way, regardless of where we come from or um, what our parents do or any of those things. And I, I think that we see this so much in, in Hearts Need Art in the hospitals where you're going into people's rooms and you have no idea, like, who they are, what their situation is, and it's just showing up to share this art or music thing <laughs> that you're offering to them. And so it's just, um, 
I feel like the work you're doing is very parallel to that, um, obviously in a different modality, but uh, it's just really interesting to hear the take on that. Um, I love that you say that, you know, recently my son, my oldest son, he is asthmatic. And so he was hospitalized um, last week and, um, you know, at the hospital, they had someone come by and um, it was fairy tale day and, and read a book. And it really does uh, make a difference. Um, and I know that from just being the parent of, of, of a patient, um, but just to see him kind of light up and smile and say, and mommy, can you continue to read to me and to, um, you know, to have programs like like this are, are extremely important. So thank you and you for doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so how did some of the ways you, because you, you work with a, a young person, they come in at a certain age and they grow with you. They stay here and they grow up with you. And how do you feel like their, maybe their mental or emotional health changes when they start getting into ballet and dance? Yes, absolutely. And this is a really great question. Um, and there's so many ways I could go with this, but um, I love being able to see my students uh, grow uh, from little, I call them tiny tots or minis and, and, and see how they mature. And I believe that my job is very important because I'm spending a lot of time. These parents are trusting me with their children um, and they're with me a couple of hours a night and, and the weekends and, uh, you know, they're with me all day. Um, so I say I have a very important job to not, not only make sure they're good dancers, but just decent and, uh, and good human beings. Um, and so um, I just try to talk to them all the time. As much as I'm teaching them steps, I'm always checking in with them. Hey, how are you feeling? Um, just even last night, um, I, I was speaking to my students and some of them were like, you know, Miss Danielle, I think I have, you know, a lot on my mind right now. And I was like, you know, that's okay. I identify with that. I have a lot on my mind too. And would you like to speak to someone about this? Um, we're very blessed. I have one of my friends who I danced with is a uh, psychologist. And so uh, I will bring her in to uh, speak with um, the dancers when they are at that age and they feel like they need that extra support because it is something that is uh, real and I don't think talked about enough. Um, I also will give uh, dancers uh, time off even if they think they don't need it um, because <laughs> I uh, am just very in tune with them. And I think that comes from my mother. I'm one of six kids, but she knows all of us like the back of her hand. And so just um, just being aware of, again, their body language um, and uh, how they take class. I mean, I can, even though we're not as verbal in the ballet class, I can, I can, I think I do a good job of just sort of reading them and, and seeing what, what they need. Um, so yeah, um, definitely reaching out to professionals and making sure that that's offered to them is, is a priority of mine. Kathy, question, because I have one last question before we start asking her, what you got going on? <laughs> <laughs> not, not a question, but I guess just a comment that um, I, so I, I didn't grow up doing dance, but my sister grew up doing gymnastics from like age five till 18. Like that was her life for a very long time. And I, I find this similarity in 
people that either whether it's gymnastics or dance or martial arts or I mean it it could be any teacher really it depends on the person but there is this almost um commitment to developing the whole student the whole like their whole person and not just you're here for two hours and then you're gone and that's it like you there's a a level of I think expertise that comes with what you're doing saying you you just kind of you can sense where your students are and where they might need to be guided or when they need a rest and so I just um it's amazing to me to to hear um and it's comforting too even having my own son like he's in jujitsu right now and watching that coach the way she manages the classroom is just it's like she sees every student but she's at the same time somehow <laughs> so yeah it's just a yeah that was my comment not really a question though so i do have one closing thing what do you think is some not not the best because when everybody someone whenever someone asks me that question what's the best i'm like uh, -uh that's too much what's mm -hmm. some really great advice that you feel like you've received in your dance career and teaching career that you feel like it's been something that you kind of kept at, at your center as you were okay there are two 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 things that i think come to mind um let's see one uh there was a, a director of mine in Nashville, um, Sharon, who gave me um, advice in one of my evaluations, and it was not to get too heady, like to get inside of my head and overthink and overprocess. Um, and so it was just nice to, uh, you know, get that feedback. Um, and sometimes you do just have to to go with it and go through the movement. And and I was always a very careful dancer, mm -hmm. always very planned, measured with, a, I was a technician, you know, that those were the, my strengths. Um, and then uh, on the opposite end of that, uh, another director of mine, Myra Worthen, um, wonderful, an excellent teacher to this day. You can still see her product uh, dancing all around the world and in, in, here in San Antonio as well. but. Um, as a teacher, she would always say there are, and as an owner of a business, she would say there are no small details. So uh, I loved that because I was like, you know, as nitpicky and uh, as I can be, I'm like, there's a place for that. Finally, <laughs> it may not have been as, dance, as dancing, right? Because some, sometimes, you know, the movement lends itself for something else, but there's a place for all of um, my, um, you know, tendencies. So I like that, tendencies. But also don't be too heady. Right, <laughs> it is such a difficult thing to balance sometimes, not being in our head, because sometimes when you've seen the people that are not such great dancers, you can literally see them counting on their face. They're yes. like, and you're like, oh God, just let go and dance, yes. you know? That would be me. That would be <laughs> I'd be that student. <laughs> but there, then there is the nuance. Right. of the little detail that is such a big deal with the pinky or the or yeah. the extra bend or the extra height that you can get in a jump and mm -hmm. and how it just makes all the difference how because I see some people they dance but then there are people who their whole body moves through the dance and it's like I'm not just getting from this position on the floor to that position on the floor right. I'm dancing the transition the mm -hmm. transition and you can see it through their torso through their legs and on their face that they're just like in it yeah. and it's like damn you're 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 the real deal 
So I think that's really, really cool. So now we got to ask you and take a couple minutes to talk to us about what you have going on, what you have coming up. Okay, great. Yeah, we have a couple of things coming up. Um, in addition to San Antonio Ballet School, we have a nonprofit youth performance company, San Antonio Youth Ballet. So please uh, follow us on social media. Um, we our, our spring production is of the Firebird. So speaking of Misty Copeland, that was the role uh, that pretty much I think made her really famous. Um, and so that ballet will be May 13th and 14th here in San Antonio. And then additionally, San Antonio Ballet School will host its summer intensive. Um, this is an annual intensive that we do with uh, world-renowned teachers, and um, it will be July 10th through August 4th here at San Antonio Ballet School in Castle Hills. What? And stay nice and cool in the studio while it's 100 degrees outside. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So can, you, can you take us through a, a couple of your social handles, like your Instagram, your, your Facebook, and your website? Yes. Um, okay, so our website is www san antonio ballet school also spelled out uh, dot com and our social handles are at sa ballet school on instagram and uh facebook at san antonio ballet school i'm like thinking in my head i hope that's I correct i hope quiz we're, we're quizzing you on your <laughs> But you can follow the hashtag serious dance serious fun it should take a, take you to to us and your dance destination um, and then uh our youth company is at uh san antonio youth ballet on instagram and facebook so yeah hopefully you've got all of those and hopefully you are going to follow them like right now you're picking up your cellular device you're going to those places and you're like boop follow boop follow that's right because we and maybe 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 they'll follow you back maybe they're like your puppy and kitty videos i don't know your reels i don't know something <laughs> i i do want to ask you this in closing because i didn't get to ask you like You've probably done a few principles in your life, but what is like one of your favorite roles to play? Oh, I don't think I could pick a favorite. Okay, like a couple of one of them, like one, like in your top three or four. What something that's in your top three or four? So I like doing a mix of classical and contemporary work. So some of my um, favorites were doing things when a choreographer would come in and uh, create a piece specifically for me. Um, wow. So uh, Ginger Thatcher, M Monet's Garden was one of them. Um, she's a well-known uh, well choreographer. Um, that was very early on in my career. Uh, the late Robert Philander in Snap, love that solo. That was wonderful. Um, I liked performing in Gabriel Zertucci's ballet, uh, being a lead bride in Dracula was fun. That's good. Yeah. And even performing in uh, Myra Worthen's Nutcracker, timeless, excellent, uh, hilarious in the party scene. She had so many great moments um, throughout the ballet. So, yeah. And then, of course, Swan Lake. I mean, who could forget Swan Lake, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, Ben okay, all of them. All of them. I liked all of them. Yeah. <laughs> You're allowed. You're allowed. Yeah, when you lose your favorite child, you can't do that. I just love her. Yeah, she wants to just move her body and get the kids moving. Well, this has been fun. Hasn't it been fun, Catherine? Oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm just so inspired. I love spending time with you, Danielle. Thank you. Same. Yes.
Thank you. It's been a pleasure to have you here. Right now, we are going to go to a song called Free to Be Me by a group that I'm a part of called Daytime. Wait in the water, children. Wait in the water, children. Unapologetically, I am whispering my magic potion of love and unity into the universe. Believing it will come back in the spirit of reciprocity. May my offerings be incense in the nostrils of God. May my words peel off the facade of institutional racism and discrimination, dismantling any powers that be trying to rob me of my identity. I want to be free, free to be me. Is it possible for me to get back what's stolen from me? It's written in my genes, it's in my history. I'm who I'm Hey, hey! I'm still here. <laughs> We're gonna I was watching. Yeah, I was like, I told Danielle, I was like, just hang out beside me. It's fine. What's the point of you like getting up and trying to act like you're busy in the background? Just stay here. Stay <laughs> you just dance in the background. Um, I did want to share this. Just so you know, it, this is this is an actual friendship. We're yes. cool. We're cool. Oh, totally. Um, we took Michael to see the Nutcracker. Um, it was around Christmas time, and mm -hmm. that did not go well. <laughs> I think he got overwhelmed. Like it was his first time going to like a full, a full oh, yeah. show like that. Um, and it's a long story, but we, we ended up deciding to leave because he was just like, I don't know what is going on. This is way too much with all the costumes and everything. But um, I was, for me going to ballets, um, I just, I ended up getting so emotional because it's so beautiful to me. I just think of all the time that goes into the preparation and the costumes and the it it's it like overwhelms me with how beautiful it is that all these people came together to create something you know and like it backstage it's crazy backstage people are running left and right throwing <laughs> clothes <laughs> and telling you and you got to go and you got to sit down you got to put makeup on and then but then you got to be like pulling off clothes and other people around you like go look at my boots and then you're like uh, put on this thing and that and then somebody has to do a, a look over of you and then they send you out and you're standing on side it's a lot it's a lot and i don't even do it i was almost mother ginger this past year in the Nutcracker, I was this close. I got, uh, I was awarded the the honor of being able to be Mother Ginger and a sister couldn't do the little thing that you had to get in and it was crazy, the contraption that they wanted me to stand in. And I was like, there's no way in God's green earth that I'm gonna stand in that thing. <laughs> and I had the personality to do it. Just, mm -hmm. I should say, Danielle. Yeah, yeah, maybe you can be our Mother Ginger. I'm afraid of heights and that's yeah. what stopped. And like people were like, you're so fearless, Mo I'm like, I ain't fearless all the time. You bring in a height, Andrea's not doing it. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna stand on my own. So Catherine, to your uh, point about uh, performances, um, we offer, and I know that others do, offer a youth performance, so an abridged version of our full length. So with the Nutcracker, we bring in schools and uh, we do it in just under an hour. And mm -hmm. awesome. 
and it's easier, I think, for the younger kids to sit through and some of the older kids. And then we also show them backstage and costumes. And this is a stage manager and a that production helps. manager. Yeah. And so, so cool. And they can move around a bit. So maybe yeah. a youth performance. So when you come yeah. back to San Antonio, yes. coming back, you come kick it with, with Danielle and, and take your son. And she has the cutest little boy, his little curly hair and chubby cheeks. He's such an adorable, amazing kid. Just like your kids. Your kids, her kids are so super sweet. And I have no doubt about that. <laughs> I will bring my tacos and watch the show. <laughs> That's what I'll do. Like I'm going to do my, my potato and egg taco. <laughs> Bean and cheese, right here. She's a bean and cheese, and you're a potato and egg. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm, a, I'm multifaceted with my, my taco love. I can, I can go with a lot in a lot of different directions, but typically, I do bacon, potato, and egg. Mm, you can't go wrong with that. My husband does that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You gotta get, you gotta get the extra protein. Uh. <laughs> Vocab. What, what do you have going on? What's coming up for you? So I have the remix every second Friday. We are at Upstage Comedy Club and the address there, if you're in San Antonio, is 4441 Walsam Road. It's kind of different from that that attorney that's like, the only need to, number you need to know is four. Four, yeah, with his hands sticking out from the... Hands sticking out. <laughs> the thing is creepy, okay? I'm like, the big rubber hand that's on the billboard is too much. Um, but yeah, our address is 4441 Walsam. We're going to be there on second Fridays once a month. Doors open at 9 p.m. Uh, to get in. The cover is 15, but it's an amazing show with comedians, poets, singer-songwriters. We're all there. We got a DJ. There's a cash bar and food you can purchase. And folks are just in there being sexy and grown at nighttime because like outdoors is open back up again and everybody's outside and they're not even wearing masks, but they're coughing and it's freaking me out sometimes. <laughs> when they but we're all there. That would freak me out too. Yeah, I still have a knee-jerk reaction to that. Last night at the Tobin Center and she had a rowdy cough and I think it was because the air conditioning was going full blast in that room, but she was like, <laughs> I was like, girl. <laughs> I was like, there's a mask. <laughs> she, thank God she was clear across the room, but her, her cough, like, it just was like taking up the whole space. It was alarming. Yeah. You need to put, I hope you have a mask. You need a mask. <laughs> that's, that's too much going on so that's one of the things i got going on uh my band is playing at a place called the echo bridge on march 26th and the echo bridge is on the southeast side of san antonio is this so the one with the slope yes yes okay. it's a place called tandem it's an amazing coffee shop it's there on the southeast side off of roosevelt's and you park there at Tandem, and then you walk down this slope. You please wear tennis shoes or some shoes with some traction and some grip, because going down that hill is really serious. Um, you go down the hill, you can bring your lawn chair, you can bring your own snacks. We sit under the bridge. We're gonna be on the opposite side of the bridge doing a concert to the people on the other side. And the sound under that bridge is amazeballs, which is why it's called the Echo Bridge. So um, we're going to be there on the 26th of March. That's a Sunday at 6 p.m. And it's going to be us, the George De La Rosa Garza. 
No, I'm sorry, George Garza Jr. I'm sorry, he's married, but he takes the part of his name out for his shows. So George Garza Jr. trio is gonna play, then I'm gonna do a small set of poetry, and then the band, The Foreign Arm, which I'm also a member of, is gonna do. Um, so it's like us, all, all of our members doing our different individual outfits, and then great. coming together for The Foreign Arm to end out the show. It's gonna be great. Oh, amazing. Is that, I think, um, Zach is part of the foreign arm, right? We just, foreign arm. Mm -hmm. we just had Zach Jewell on the show. Um, and uh, I think I saw a picture he posted and it's him sitting under a bridge. So now I'm wondering if that's, that's the place where the place. Performing. Okay. We, we went over there to do a site visit and check out some other bands that were playing there one day. And he's always really good about pulling out his camera and, you know, doing his social media thing, no matter where we are. He also has a really good picture in front of one of the murals that's there. Uh, I think that's his that's his profile picture right now on on his Instagram. Um, breaking light. I don't mess that up. Breaking I'm, of light. It's something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but just you know, hit me up and I I can get you there. Or if you follow me, then you can see that he follows me and it's breaking underscore of underscore light. Underscore light. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, it's a cool place to take pictures. It's a cool place to take your friends and your family. All our music is family friendly. So if you got kids, you can bring your kids out there and not worry about them, you know, hearing, you know, crazy language. Just worry about them not jumping in the dirty river. In the water. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We unfortunately have to say goodbye. Um, before we do, quick reminder make and send in your hearts for Make a Thousand, Give a Thousand. You can visit our website to learn more about that. Um, we want to say thank you to um, Jane Phipps of the Nancy Smith Heard Foundation for helping to make this show possible. And make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing wherever you are receiving your podcast. And in Danielle's and, yes, I'm pointing the wrong way there. <laughs> uh, we will make sure all the links are in the description so that y'all can just click and learn more about Danielle. Thank you, Danielle, so much for being with us. And thank Until you for next time. Like we will see you all later. <laughs> That's a high note. Thank you for listening to Arts for the Health of It. This episode is produced by Hearts Need Art, creative support for patients and caregivers. You can support the show and help others learn about the healing power of the arts by visiting heartsneedart.org. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Hearts Need Art, their staff, board members, or other affiliates. All content is created for informational purposes only. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice or to diagnose and treat any health condition. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking because of something you've heard on this podcast.